what are we drinking this morning? This uh, this morning, uh, this coffee is uh, is a gift actually from Coffee Boss, Jackson Weeb. Jackson Weeb, huge shout out. And you know what I hate? I hate when people say shout out and they don't shout. We're like Jackson, Jackson. Anyway, um, but it's but it's from it's a gift from Coffee Boss, um, and it's from the barn. What was the name again? It was it was kind of cool. Radio Fair. I love that. Radio Fair from West Java, Indonesia. Uh, it's roasted by uh, probably Germans in your favorite country, the of, Barn Berlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you're uh, you're you're a big you're a big fan there. Yes, I've never actually been to. I've never been to Five Elephant. I've never been to the Barn. Um, I wasn't majorly into coffee when I lived in Germany or when I was over there. Oh, uh, missed opportunities, eh? I know. Well, it's like uh, I went to Italy and I didn't really care about Italian food. And uh, well, we're trying to go back now. Mm-hmm. All right. So the the tasting notes on this, John, they claim mm-hmm. uh, passion fruit. I get that. Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And lactic. The uh, lactic. It's kind of creamy. I get. I mean, I I do get the cinnamon a little bit. I get some spice. Yeah, I get a creaminess to it. It's got some passion fruit to it. I, I would say that that's fairly accurate. The passion fruit, I would say, is pretty um, weirdly accurate. Yeah, it tastes a little bit bubblegummy. Almost, um, I would also say jackfruit, but um, I don't know that they would have a whole hell of a lot of jackfruit in Germany. Yeah, I'm I'm not a cinnamon guy. I mean, I guess maybe there's sort of like a dryness that can be that can be like Ceylon cinnamon, but for me, I almost feel like cardamom. Yeah. It's got a smooth sort of like drawn out, almost sort of um, cooling sensation kind of like that. Because like in India, they use cardamom pods as uh, as breath mints, right? Yeah, it's interesting because I always think of that flavor that that experiences mint in coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that sort of that kind of that lifting blue sensation where, where you can actually feel it kind of like fingertips. You know, it's a little bit, little bit chilly. Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about... Um, the tasting notes of peppermint and spearmint yesterday at discovery. Uh, Cause when the guys went to Colombia, uh, they were tasting with Azahar coffee in Armenia and they were commonly coming up with a tasting note of peppermint or spearmint. And that's something that I don't know about you, but I've never tasted that in coffee or at least not consciously, but I mean, this is all super subjective, right? Like you could interpret that as herba buena, which is something that's very common in Latin America. You said herba buena or verbena? Herba buena. Because, okay, herba buena is good herb, hey? Yeah. Um, it's their version also, of mint. Oh, yeah. Because they also have verbena as well, which is lemongrass. I'm sorry. It's uh, sorry. It's lemon balm. Lemon balm. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. Um, I really like this. I, I've had a couple of coffees from the barn over the past couple of years, and they've been hit and miss. Um, yeah. Actually, I think Jackson sent us a Brazil not that long ago. It was good, but it was definitely like very... Typical Brazil, whereas this is this is really nice. Also, yeah. people are so weird about Southeast Asian coffees, and this is Sumatra or what? West Java. West Java. Okay, so yeah, with with Indos, it's like it's one hundred percent hit and miss with so many people where they're just like, I I like coffee from all over the world except for Sumatra, except for Indonesia, except for Flores. I don't know. I, I'm, Jackson's doing such cool work there too. I, yeah. Like his sourcing, he, he's he's developing Saskatoon. In, yeah. like in, in all new ways. I mean, he's always been into, into coffee development anyway, like third wave development or I hate the term third wave. I wish there was something else I could say. You also don't want to use specialty 
No, I know. You don't want to say new wave because then I feel like I should be wearing, you know, like Venetian blind sunglasses with my hair over my eyes or something like that. It's called bougie coffee. Yeah, exactly. Bougie coffee. Yeah. The the coffee of privilege. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. Whatever. But he's doing a good job at bringing bringing good coffee to the people there. Um, You know, I'm normally a light roast critic. I have to mm -hmm. to say that. I I feel like light roasts are really hard to uh, do well but I like this coffee. Fun fact. One of the reasons that I think he sent this to me was that he listened to our coffee aging episode. Yeah. And, uh, and he was just like, he, he thought that was such an awesome topic. Yeah. We talked about age in coffee and this coffee is roasted in April. Sweet. And April 19th. We also let this go for a little bit longer than we planned to as well. Yeah, because he's he sent me this letter. I he he mailed it April 29th. So 10 days <laughs> off. So he gave us this coffee in like fucking perfect peak. So and of course, being busy people, we can say that that just happened. We can say, oh, we want we meant to do it this way, but we didn't. Yeah, but no, that's how we did it. We'll we'll claim the Harkin method, but uh, <laughs> the Harkin method. The reality, not so much. Um, but it's tasting so good. Yeah, this is delicious. So how? So I I, I know that we both used V sixty for this, John. Yeah. What is um? What is what was your what's your method? So when I drink naturals recently, so my my typical method would be twenty one grams at sort of a, a regular V sixty grind, which would be like a medium fine sort of in the in the middle would it be like auto drip grind uh maybe a tad bit finer okay yeah um on a barazza i know that we don't all have these but i mean uh, just to give a, a reference point i basically go square in the middle um so gotcha. it's uh i think 20 out of 20 out of 30 um and that seems to work pretty well um i usually go 21 grams at that middle point and i'll do about 310 grams extraction uh, over, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes. Um, what I find with naturals though, is that I enjoy them more when I go a little coarser and a little heavier. So for whatever reason, recently, um, I've been brewing sort of funkier coffees and lots of the funkier, weirder naturals that I get, and I'll brew them 24, 25 and 300 grams. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm wanting to capture as much of that extraction as I can with a coarse grind. Right. So I'm bumping up my gram weight, but I'm extracting it using less overall volume. So the concentration is is pretty good. But yeah, for whatever reason, uh, I'm not a coffee scientist. I'm also not somebody who's uh, competing and being very nerdy about this. I just happen to find that I like that. So that's what I'm brewing. That's that. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I actually have a very similar setup. I've also got a Barat. So have you got a Virtuoso? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've got. I've got, and my uh, my grind is uh, I was at nineteen on okay. that, a little um, finer. Yeah, so like a touch finer, but just like one notch. Um, I did uh, twenty four uh, with a four ten exit. So okay, that's right. That's right up. I write it about seventeen. Right? Yeah, seventeen so to one. Yeah, seventeen ish to one. I think four eighteen was uh, is is a golden ratio. I was aiming for like four oh five and i kind of like overshot a little bit which is fine um except my extraction i usually let i let my coffees go a little longer um just with flow rate i tend to but i don't know um how much you're blooming the coffee when you when you brew it i'll usually bloom about 50 grams right 
and then I'll let that sit for about 20 to 30 seconds, uh, depending okay. on how fresh the coffee is. This one um, bloomed for about 20 seconds. Right. See, I'm doing, I'm doing, I usually, my go-to is that I, I figure, I know, I know what my exit's going to, like, at least my end weight's going to be. So I do 10%, 10% and I let that rest for 45 seconds. That's almost mm-hmm. always what I do. Um, and then my second pour, I bring that up to kind of double that. And then I stir it and then I do a big dump and then I, you know, wait. And then I, I do my last one and I stir it again. So I'm usually doing it in three or four pulses is, is, is how I do it. But each of those, um, my first and third, I let it, the bed get almost completely out dry. Yeah. And then I bring that up again. And do you um, swirl or use the professional term, the swizzle? Swizzle? Yeah, where you um, basically take the V60 and you swirl it around when it's got the, um, when you're pouring into it, it allows oh, yeah. it allows the uh, water to capture all the grounds and keep them pulling down into that bed. So I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know that, but I do that. I do that. Like I, I do it like, cause I, what happened was that when I first got a V60 and this is with me living, kind of being a mole man, I just like, I got this, I'll do what I want. Um, but I saw the, I saw the way that the, that it's shaped yeah. and I've yeah. always just sort of like shaken it once with the handle. Cause it, it kind of like the design wants me to do that. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was a really um, elegant way for me to get those grounds on the side without having to like water along, exactly. along the side. The concept here, I think, is that especially with the V60 where it's got the um, the grooves that go down the side. Yeah. If you're pouring along the side, which is definitely what I used to do, you're, uh, the theory is that you're basically bypassing that. So using bypass. Yeah, using what we call bypass in coffee, where you are you have your main extraction, then you have water that's going around that and then into the cup that hasn't been extracted fully. So that's great. I like super strong coffee, probably 14 or maybe 15 to 1, sometimes even more than that. One of your, your, your recipe was 12 to one. I just did the math on really? it like that. Like, yeah. Like you're like 25, 300. That's like, that's nearly fucking espresso. Yeah, man. My blood's basically <laughs> vinegar. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like, I like some strong ass coffee. It's like, if Molly was drinking this, I would probably put some ice cubes in it and cool it down a little bit. And, uh, oh, she likes, she likes chilled coffee. eh? Yeah, we both do. Um, in fact, during the summer, what we'll do is we'll get something funky like this and some people will call this blasphemous. I don't fucking care. It it's delicious. I will grind up some basil leaves some fresh basil leaves and put them right. into a Chemex and then pour coffee over top of that and ice it. And it's when we're sitting on our patio and it's sunny, it's like a nice summer morning. That's the best thing. Wow. I still, I still have not kind of crossed that bridge at brewing things with coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the most I usually ever put in coffee is whiskey. <laughs> that should come as no surprise to anybody. No, it doesn't. Um, um, but, uh, you know, as this coffee's cooling, this would make a damn fine iced coffee too. Exactly. Yeah. If we do have Chemex filters for next time, something like this would be fantastic. Yeah. And you just throw some ice in there and flash chill it. Yeah, I have such a hard time with Chemex in terms of how how thick it is. I know a lot of people do. It's just uh, the papers. Yeah, like it just you have to have such a coarse grind. Yeah, um, but uh, cool. Well, you have like a stirring regiment when you when you when you brew, John. Well, I don't I don't really use um, like tools or anything to do that anymore. I used to actually. <laughs> uh, the stirring tool that I have is something that I stole from the level ground tasting room when I worked there. Is it one of the plastic butter knives? That's uh, bamboo. The bamboo butter knives. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> circa 2000 and 
what 2010 yeah that's a 2010 edition they they're still kicking around i got those from capital iron and they're like they were like a buck 99 or two or three bucks a piece there's one less there now yeah it's the the attrition that's what we call that (laughs) attrition by education right i've i've two or three arrow presses and I don't know where they came from. <laughs> like which, which, have, which coffee company did that fall off the truck? From? I have three Barazza grinders and I don't know where they came from. Ooh, that's a little more pricier. That's pricier than a butter knife. It's interesting. I, I mean, cause there's often this, uh, this detritus that falls off a cuff uh, off of a back of a coffee company though too, right? You're like, Oh, well, we're getting rid of this. We've got our money from it. Yeah. And um, I know that what I do with, with my lab and, my staff and I mean, we, we did this together too, is that if somebody's interested, um, you just loan them the equipment and yeah. you let them use it. And then often it's brought back, but sometimes it isn't. And, and I don't really stress about it too much, you know, yeah. it just keeps feeding that interest in the industry. Uh, hopefully at least I, I considered it an investment, right? Yeah. It's like, if you expect that your baristas, your roasters or something like that aren't ever going to go and do that job somewhere else. Like realistically, if you're just expecting that that person is going to stay within your company forever and just do that job forever. I mean, it would be nice, but realistically you're feeding more interest in the community and feeding more interest in what's going on in the coffee industry. If you, if you treat them like they're always going to be around, there's a better chance that they will be. Yeah. That's, that's just call me, call me crazy. If you invest in people, they tend to want to stay longer and, and, and you don't, you also don't know when, like, and that's sort of my philosophy, you know, about just to be nice about it. Right. Is that you never know when somebody is going to, is going to come back and help you or work with you. Like just go back to when you and I were talking, when you were first interested in coffee. And I remember there was one moment where you're like, I want your job. Like you flat out told me. I want your <laughs> job. And, and I flat out told you, that can't happen, but I no. can give you everything that you need. Yeah. At that point, I could have, you know, gotten defensive and felt threatened. And no, but you didn't. Why would I? Like you're, you're so curious, right? But yeah. who, who would have known that, you know, a decade later, you know, we'd we'd have a, a a project like this together. This is this makes me so happy to be honest, and uh, it's just one of those things where I, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be cynical about the industry and and about people moving no. on. I think that that's healthy that people want to be ambitious, but I totally agree that being in the best circumstance in your company and treating your people right does retain them. And also it's just, we, we want to have good people around you and you yeah. want to keep those people invested in your company, but allowing them to go somewhere else and have their own adventures and then maybe come back is, is great as well. But yeah, I'm happy that I got the chance to be able to work with you guys and I couldn't have asked for a better mentor. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, and through all of that, I had no, I, you know, it didn't really until maybe a couple of months into us talking where I sort of, it dawned on me what, what sort of like professional relationship we had with mentor and mentee. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at, at some point, you know, when you left to go to your own thing, we just, we crossed that threshold and became peers. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's sort of the, like one of the best things you can do is inspire someone to do something that you love. And then you end up you know, you end up being buds about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think about that too, in terms of like company loyalty and brand loyalty too. You know, I think of discovery, for example, where you work right now, I have been circling in and around discovery for as long as I've been in this side of coffee. And at any point, someone at discovery could have been maybe uh, protected or like overprotective or like 
feel threatened or nasty to me and say, what are you doing here? You work for another coffee company. Why are you hanging around so much? What are you doing in a roastery? I never got that from anybody in that organization. And so as a result, whenever anybody has anything to say either about or near discovery, I'm always on the side of, of that team in that organization because everyone there has always been so good to me. And, and, and you feel that throughout the, the company, throughout the brand presence. And I know that every organization has people that they don't get along with and all this other stuff. Same with, same thing with level ground. I know people that have left level ground and maybe they weren't in their best place and level ground wasn't the best place for them, whatever. But I think that everybody within the organization always tries their best. Right. And I feel that same thing from it with discovery. I think that's the best that we can do. I think the understanding that people need to grow naturally and they may grow in different directions within a space of months or a year uh, than you expect them to do or what they expect them to do. Yeah. The beautiful thing about this industry is that for the most part, as long as you're good to each other, which seems to be our tagline now. <laughs> be good to each other. We're all here for each other. Uh, just yeah. try to be the best person you possibly can be. And you know, if you need to reach out to another person in the industry, even if you haven't talked to them before, in so many cases, they're open to talk to you about whatever it is. And it's amazing what you can kind of get for yourself, but also how much appreciation you can have for the other people in the industry and what you do by talking to other people. Yeah, it makes me think of that. It's just that that religion quote by the Dalai Lama. It's like, he says, my religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. You know, when, like it, it, when, when pushed, you know, I think of that, you know, and, and I, and not to, I'm not bringing religion into this, but just philosophies into it too. That's what, that's my personal philosophy, you know, and, and I feel like that's, that's that basic human element, you know, and it, and it feeds back into people, it feeds back into the industry. And I have to believe that at some level, as long as I, I interact with people, it will reach the producers, it will reach exporters, it'll reach shipping people. And, it, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think for so many people, it's just one of those things where to be able to have those conversations with other people who are like-minded, who understand where they come from. Uh, it's yeah. like talking to chefs. Like when you worked in culinary and you talk to another cook, there's a commonality in terms of what you've done, the experiences you've had, yep. being able to relate to everything that they go through, the bad, yep. the good, things like that. And I, I think that being able to take that experience uh, on whatever format we're, we're at. I mean, you know, we both work in to some degree quality control, to some degree roasting, but we're, we're sort of in the, the back end in a lot of cases. But being able to talk to somebody who works in green sourcing and be able to understand to some degree what they do, how that works, how the shipping logistics work, uh, and just be able to have a, an honest conversation about like, you know, well, what, what are the things that are challenging to you in a day-to-day -day basis? Like, why are you passionate about this? And those are the conversations I think that we love. That's yep. why we started doing this. Yeah, it's that, it's that fellowship, right? And I feel like that's, during the pandemic, especially losing our social networks, losing our, our, our physical connections, you know, the, the ability to travel and see people. It made me just, one, it made me appreciate what I had. Um, and it also made me hungry for something more. Um, and that's, and that's where I'm at in this project. You know, I, I, re I recognize that I want to have more conversations and it's really for me lit a fire behind 
moving forward with more conversations, asking some better questions, and also being open about, I guess it's being vulnerable too, to the, to the, to the community and to, to coffee and to the industry. Um, is that I don't, I don't know anything. Like I, I, there are times like I, I reached a point where, you know, a few years ago where I thought I knew a lot and I, you know, and that affects your ego and yeah, not that I was walking around thinking I was hot shit. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, Cause you're just really just some guy who knows coffee and that's yeah. just ridiculous, but it's helped me understand that there are lots of folks out there who know so much and all you have to do is listen. Yeah. You know, ironically, we're just blabbering on about it. We're talking about listening. <laughs> it's funny. I was originally trying to think of like what we call this part, because this is something kind of new and um, yeah. we landed on something simple morning coffee, I think. Yeah. That's what it is. It's morning coffee. We're doing what we would be doing if we were going to a coffee shop right now, if that was realistic right now, Yeah, just sitting and yeah. talking having a coffee and uh, going off topic almost all the time. And I look forward to uh, setting out the recording equipment on a, on a table at some point. Yeah. You and I can sit around and just do this to me. That's, this is, I think that, you know, maybe someone's interested in it. And if not, there's at least some sort of record. I mean, we could have called this like parched and pedantic or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Two jackasses (laughs) with taste buds and opinions. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I'm out of coffee though. I need to go make some more of this stuff. You should try cold brewing it if you've got some uh, some ice or something. I got some ice. I know how to do. I know how to make that. So just just to go back to it from the barn, Berlin, West Java, Indonesia. It's called Radio Fair. Passion fruit, cinnamon, lactic are the tasting notes. They call it a filter roast. Uh, the varieties, or the it's just got like a list of stuff here. Uh, natural, Cadimore, Line S. Typica. I've never heard of line S before. I don't know. And that's why if I'm saying it's line S or line S or I don't understand this right here. So that made me want to look at, look into it, but uh, yeah. All right. So a uh, big thanks to coffee boss. Thanks Jackson. Thanks buddy uh, for sending us some coffee and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, he signed his letter here. Um, actually, I want to read his letter really quickly here. Yeah. It should, it should also be noted that he writes his letters out on a typewriter. He types them on a typewriter and there are actual typos, like old school typos. And he, and he stamped it with like his logo anyway. So he's like, dear John and Joshua, AKA at Y coffee podcast, just wanted to send out big congrats on the successful launch of the podcast. It's getting upwards of a dozen episodes. Now. I think this is for real. It's like four exclamation points. I've been loving the content, both for my personal listening, listening, as well as a resource to pass along to others as a lifetime entrepreneur. I know what it takes to create a new thing. I can see and hope to see this really taking off for you. As it stands, it's a great listen, and I enjoy sitting down for a listen whenever I can free up the airwaves for a bit of intrigue and inspiration. I hope you're enjoying the journey as much as I enjoy listening. Keep up the great work. All my best. Jackson, your coffee boss. I love that. Oh, and then at the very end, it's like P.S. And it's like P.E. with an S typed over top it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've included some swag for the tasting and a bag for tasting fun. It's one I quite liked. I don't think Josh will complain about it being underdeveloped. Lol. <laughs> and instead of signing it big love, he signed it bog love. Bog love. If you've ever been to the UK, then you have questions, I think. Yeah. I don't think that he's uh, I think that I think he missed that typo. Anyway, <laughs> I love he, that. He wrote on the bottom there, bog love for life. Bog love for life. Bog love, Jackson. We love this sort of stuff. And we've gotten a couple of wonderful notes from people. But if for whatever reason you want 
two jackasses with a podcast to review your coffee. Yep. We'll do this in the morning and uh, we'll wake up and we'll, we'll review your coffee and um, talk about it and talk about other stuff. And we'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, we're not going to blow smoke up your ass. I mean, I, I, this, this coffee was good because it was good and it's, yep. it's our opinion, not yours. I, yep. That's fine. You know? Um, but if you, uh, but if you want us to chat about it and we're not going to be jerks about it, but if no. we don't like coffee, we'll just say it's not our thing and we'll give you the facts, but this coffee for me, this is like a 8.5 out of 10, nine out of 10. I, I really like it. It's a very special coffee. Yeah, I like naturals though. So, yeah, I yeah, I uh, I do too. I do too. And I I just I I am not a fan of improperly roasted coffee. That's all it is. Light or dark, <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, I I, I feel like as uh, air quotes light roast goes. Yeah, yeah. This is quite good. Yeah, and I've got some photos of it. Uh, both John and I's preparation method, and I'm going to put that up um, on our website, which is active now in its all its humility. Uh, whycoffee.ca. Um, we're going to put some pictures of this up. Um, you know, and once, uh, once John gets the, uh, post-production done too, we'll, we'll link those pictures up to it and harken back to the, the post itself. Yeah. And I said harken, which made me think of, uh, Stacy and Eldrick. And so thank you so much for the inspiration, uh, for the old coffee episode, which gave Jackson the, 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 the energy to send us coffee. So full circle. If you want to send us coffee for whatever reason, uh, just send a, a, a box or whatever you want to send us to either Level Ground or Discovery Coffee with <laughs> our names on it. Attention, Josh and John, Y Coffee, whatever you want to do. But that's the best way to get a hold of either of us. Yeah, I don't I don't think I want to give you my personal address. That's for no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hey, John, thanks for making time for this morning, eh? Yeah, thank you, man. This was great. And I, I want to, as you said, be able to do this at some point in person again. And I think that that'll be cool. We'll be able to pick a cafe and go and review some stuff and uh, do like an in-person coffee review and, and morning chat. But that's down the road. Yeah, that's down the road. That's, that's what I got. I got one more dose before that happens. Yeah, me too. Okay, buddy. Take care. Have a good morning. All right. You too. See you soon.